Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is up, good people? You are watching the Fantasy Football Show. Today is Thursday, what is it, the 30th of June, and we've got some breaking news to dig into before our phone calls, before our voicemails. Let's get over to the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk. Let's go. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. We've got Alvin Kamara to talk about right now because Alvin Kamara is going in sometimes the late second round, early third round. And you got to ask yourself what kind of risk you're taking on when you draft Alvin Kamara in 2022. Now, there's two sides to this coin because Alvin Kamara could potentially see this situation push into 2023. It's possible. The NFL may want to wait for something to unfold before they they go ahead and, and make a decision. That is certainly possible with this situation. So I need everybody to understand that there are two sides to this coin. There are two situations that could play out for Alvin Kamara. There definitely is a scenario where you could potentially win your league if you draft Alvin Kamara in the third round and he ends up missing no time at all. That's certainly a possibility. But I think that given all the pressure and the spotlight on the NFL right now, we're looking at the NFL making a reactive decision to the fact that he was arrested, to the fact that he's facing potentially felony charges for beating up an individual who, from everything that I'm gathering, was unconscious when Alvin Kamara struck him, and he was reportedly unconscious when Alvin Kamara also kicked him, and of course Alvin Kamara's entourage completely jumped them. They were all punching them. They were all kicking them. This is not a good look for the NFL. The NFL's got too much of a spotlight on it already, and I think they're going to be very reactive with this. But it's tough to say. Like, this could go a hundred different directions. This absolutely could go a hundred different directions. Um, So know that. But do I draft Alvin Kamara in the third round in one league? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I do draft him in the third round in one league. Maybe I take that gamble. But you have to have multiple leagues in order to take this kind of gamble because if you do this in if you do this in more than one league or you have just one or two leagues, you're putting a big uh, emphasis on Alvin Kamara for your team to be successful. And with the risk of him missing six games, you're not going to be able to recover from that. I don't care if you can cuff Ingram. You don't know if Ingram's going to be the guy. You don't know if Ingram's going to be able to carry this thing for for four to six games. If Alvin Kamara misses six six games and you draft him in round three, you're going to have a tough time. It's an uphill battle to win your championship. So my advice is to avoid him. Unless you play in five, six, seven leagues and he falls into round three, avoid him. Don't take him in round two. Avoid him. Could he win you a league? He could, but so could the player you could take in place of Kamara. If you're sitting there staring at a Brees Hall at 3.5 or Alvin Kamara, I know it's intriguing to potentially get a big-name player like Kamara. I'd rather have Brees Hall. Brees Hall could still win you a league just like Kamara can. Brees Hall is better than Kamara on 17 games than Kamara is with, with missing four, five, six games. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Next up, 
Next up, appreciate everybody in the building today. First in the building was Jeb. Not surprising. He's been first for a while now. I think Jeb comes in hot more than anybody lately. Michael KCPA in the building. Appreciate you, Jeb. Axe is in here. Sean is here. Ron, of course, is here. Matt, four. What's up, four? Uh, Gary, let's go. You have entered the Smitty Zone, says Prince. Appreciate you, Prince. Appreciate you, Swaggy. Appreciate you, Blackbeard. Uh, Appreciate you, Mac. Appreciate you, Kilpatrick. I could go on and on, but we got to continue the show. So, Alvin Kamara, there you go. Uh, Next up is Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is definitely one of my favorite players to draft in 2022. This guy could be the number two or three tight end in 2022 fantasy football. I'm absolutely excited and thrilled for Dalton Schultz season, which starts right now. To the moon. Dalton Schultz season, baby, all the way. Every day, it's Dalton Schultz season to the moon. The question is, are we worried about his contract holdout, the situation? No, he's not even holding out, as you can see ticking at the bottom of the screen, after a short holdout. Partly to prove a point, Schultz reported to minicamp. Talks have increased, according to reports, and both sides we know want to get a deal done. They want to ink him. They want to ink him. Absolutely, Dalton Schultz. Who wouldn't want to ink him? Who? Name one person. This guy could be the number two, number three tight end in fantasy football 2022. Are we worried about the holdout? No. He held out slightly. Then he came back and reported to camp. It was a mini holdout. He can't hold out. Players can't really hold out in today's NFL. It's not a problem. Not to mention both sides want to come to terms on a deal it's not like one side wants it one side's not sure they both want to ink a deal it's about middle ground these things always get done nine times if not ten times out of ten when both sides want to get a deal done it gets done it's about middle ground eventually there's a folding that happens no player like Dalton Schultz wants to walk into the season not getting paid the bag, not having the guarantees, putting his body at risk. What if he gets hurt and doesn't get the bag later? It's all about trying to get the best deal he can. Now, is there an alternative to Fryermuth if you're uncomfortable with Dalton Schultz? Or do you want to go, if, if Schultz is climbing up ADP ranks too much and he's going at the top of six and you're not comfortable with that, or you feel like the way your draft pick is, you either take him at the bottom of five or you don't get him, there is an alternative. And the man's name is Pat Fryermuth. And Pat Fryermuth is a potential monster in waiting. A lot cheaper version of Dalton Schultz. He's not going to give you Dalton Schultz numbers necessarily. But he could be a top 5 to 8 tight end in fantasy football 2022. And Dalton Schultz is definitely falling into like round 9-10. It's a very comfortable safety net for those that miss out on Dalton Schultz. This is not to say I like Fryermuth more than Schultz. I'm trying to give you a baby example of a player that you can grab after Dalton's gone if you botch the drafting of Dalton Schultz, if you botch this or that, or your plan of attack doesn't incorporate or allow you to draft Dalton Schultz, Pat Fryermuth is your friend. Pat Fryermuth is waiting in round 9 or 10. I've got him in round 10 in a bunch of the best ball drafts. You guys can go over to 
thefantasyfootballshow.com and click on this underdog banner or click the link in the description. Use promo code SMITTY. Get on over there to underdog and start playing using these techniques and strategies. Oh, this is the next one. Sorry. Dalton Schultz is absolutely 100% my number one targeted tight end at round, late round, mid round six and on. I don't like taking him in five, guys, and I like him in seven. You're not going to always get him in seven, but if you get him in seven, that's that's so win a league potential right there. Six, I still like him, but it depends on who's on the board, which is why the Friermuth safety net, safety mechanism is there for the taking in round nine or ten if you can't force Dalton Schultz into your plan. Don't force any player into your plan. You like Kenneth Walker? I get it. I like Kenneth Walker, but you can't force him into your plan. Stop drafting Kenny Walker in round four because you need to own him. Let him fall. If someone snipes him, you're going to do other leagues. On average, he will fall to a ridiculous value. The same thing with Dalton Schultz. Don't force him in round five and do something stupid and, and take away a lot of the upside and appeal. Allow yourself the wiggle room. To maybe go a different direction and get him at the right value. The value that has all the risk baked in. Don't be don't be crazy. Don't be reckless. Make sure you draft him right. Friar Mood, Dalton Schultz. Absolutely love both. To the moon. Here we go. These two wide receivers right here. These three wide receivers. We've got Amon Ross St. Brown. We've got DeAndre Hopkins. We've got Terry Scary McLaurin. These guys right here are three of the most undervalued wide receivers in 2022 fantasy football. And for different reasons, because this guy's out for six games, so he's kind of a drag, right? But his ADP has fallen to the appropriate place where you can snag him. You can snag him at a value like seven round territory. You you might have to reach into the six sometimes. I don't love that. I love seventh round territory. Seventh round, we got him in the fantasy football throne league. I feel so good about it. This is one of those draft selections you make, and after the fact, you realize how much you're for it, how much you want to take and, and tackle this this type of situation again in your next draft, and and vault him up into your your roster and in, in week seven on. And if it doesn't work out, you spend a seventh rounder or maybe a very late sixth, but hopefully seventh round pick. You can recover from that in the throne draft where you guys draft a team for me. We drafted Hopkins. We passed on Brandon Ayuk. Drafted Hopkins instead of Brandon Ayuk. And we still got Brandon Ayuk on the way back. It was a phenomenal approach. It was an amazing strategy. And to get Hopkins and still get Brandon Ayuk to replace him until he comes back is phenomenal. And let's say Hopkins comes back and he's hurt or he's garbage or he's washed. Which I don't think is the case he's still young enough to have one or two elite years left not tailing off years he's young enough to have at least one to maybe two but let's call it one elite year left and so in my opinion he can be a low-end wide receiver one or high-end super high-end wide receiver two from week seven on he technically speaking has the potential to be a low-end wide receiver one. If anybody thinks Hopkins can't, like it's impossible, I get it if you don't want to go down the road. I get it. There is risk here. But if anybody in here thinks Hopkins is washed, and as soon as I said that, David dropped this right on the screen for the taking. David says Hopkins is washed. If anybody thinks Hopkins is washed, and this includes David, obviously, I don't know what to tell you. Because 
Hopkins is still one of the toughest wide receivers in the NFL to cover. He lives inside double teams. Now that Hollywood Brown is on roster, we're going to see Hopkins not get double teamed on the regular for the first time in years. This is maybe a, a decade going that we have never seen this man not double teamed on the regular. Hollywood Brown's going to make that real difficult for defenses to, to, to lock down Hopkins. We might see Hopkins become what we hoped he'd become last year before he got injured and his season kind of tailed off. I'm not saying Hopkins is a lock. I don't even know if he'll stay healthy. But if he does stay healthy, he has still got the skill set to command double teams that the defenses can no longer offer up because of Hollywood Brown. This is a potential, I don't want to say league winner, but uh, an assist to get you over the hump to have that potential league winning team because his value is so good and you can get an Ayuk or someone like Amon Ross St. Brown to be there in place of Hopkins until Hopkins is ready. Now, Amon Ross St. Brown, and the reason these guys are on the news uh, desk is number one, McLaurin just inked his, his big $71 million deal, which is $53 million guaranteed. Hopkins was appealing his suspension. Now he's rescinded that and will just go ahead and take the six-game suspension. Amon Ross St. Brown is not necessarily in the news specifically, but because Jamison Williams always is, and people do wonder if Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams is going to take over as the number one wide receiver in 2022. I don't think that's going to happen in 2022 because he's coming back from a torn ACL. And it's a very a very recent tear. Like, he is not going to be even ready for week one. And once Jamison Williams gets back, let's say he gets back on the field after a month of sitting out. Uh, Ron dropping the super chat. Appreciate that, Ron. Uh, Ron Navy saying Hopkins to the moon for me, says Ron. And I, I, I obviously agree with you at the right price. Amon Ross St. Brown dropped wide receiver one numbers down the stretch in 2022. Not good numbers, not mediocre numbers, not even low-end wide receiver one numbers. He dropped monster machine numbers. Amon Ross St. Brown, let's pull up his game log and let's drop it right on screen. It's absolutely phenomenal. People have had a little time, I think, to forget how good of a finish he had because there were a lot of people walking out of week 17 saying this guy is going to be an absolute monster. I've had him on my bold predictions. I've absolutely been excited and thrilled uh, to, to own him and collect him at as many leagues as I can. Here's his game log right here. Amon Ross St. Brown in the final, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of the season starting November 25th. Here's his last seven games, 12 targets, 10 receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 73 yards. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. 11 targets, 9 receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 111, and a touchdown. And in week 18, the dude had 10 targets for 8 receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. That is Four straight games with a touchdown. That's five out of six games. His last five out of six games with a score. And double-digit targets the entire way from week 13 on. This guy was phenomenal in week in weeks uh, uh, 13 through 18. This guy looked like a wide receiver one. He smelled like a wide receiver one. Gosh darn it, he was a wide receiver one and an elite one. One of the best in the NFL during that stretch of time. Literally top five wide receiver in the NFL 
for a big stretch of games. That's one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. Six games in a row, this guy dropped top five wide receiver numbers. Now, I know, I know, you had Hawkinson banged up. You didn't have Jamison Williams, but Jamison Williams is still not going to be a big part of the early part of 2022. Could Jamison Williams get on his horse at some point midseason on? I think so. I think we'll see flashes of what Jamison Williams will become. And if he can stay healthy and regain his form, which I think is totally possible, he could be the number one in Detroit entering 2023. Uh, of that, I have no question or doubt that it can happen. Will it happen? I don't know. I still think St. Brown's got something to say about that. But I have no doubt that it can happen because Jamison Williams is that good. His acceleration is unmatched in the NFL. Um, Really, he could come in and be one of the best accelerators as soon as he gets back to full strength, if he can get back to full strength and not suffer other injuries, which sometimes happens with wide receivers coming off ACL tears and running backs coming off of ACL tears. But if he can get back to form, get on the field, heal right, not rush himself, come into 2023, this could be potentially one of those guys that is literally top one, two, three, four in the league in acceleration and ability to accelerate. There's footage of this guy in college stopping and starting, and it's like watching two different people people on two different speeds of film. It's like, here are the two players running. Aubon Roth, St. Brown, stutter steps, and literally, it looks like this while the two players are trying to run. His acceleration is unmatched, and that, that separation at the NFL level is what makes a lot of wide receivers elite. He'll have the ability to separate and accelerate and separate from NFL defenders, and it's going to make it's going to make Jamison Williams a monster if he can get healthy. But for 2022, there's no question about it. Amon Ross St. Brown's the guy to own. Look at the game log. Look at the game log. You don't trip and fall into 12, 12, 11, 11, 11, and 10 targets. Not to mention, maybe this is just... Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Goff connection going, this rapport, that's absolutely fine because Goff's on roster. I don't like Goff, but at least we know what Goff and St. Brown are capable of doing together with DeAndre Swift taking that next step and becoming that top five running back we do expect him to become. That's going to create a a sense of balance in the offense, and it's going to keep defenses honest and at bay in terms of trying to lock down this guy, St. Brown, who did it for six games. Sometimes defenders come into the next year when a player has done this, and they say, let's lock him down. Let's stop Almon Ross St. Brown. My guess is because of the addition of Jamison Williams, the big name, because of St. Brown, because of Hawkinson being healthy, I don't think defenses are going to game plan against St. Brown. I think they're well aware of what he did, but I don't think the six-game stretch put him in a position where defenses walk in every week, week in and week out, and say, let's lock down Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think he put himself in that category yet, which is great news for Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Amon Ross is the Egyptian god, look it up, says Silver Rapture. And everyone calls him the sun god, the Egyptian god. This guy is a phenomenal player and he can win you, I don't want to say win you a league, and maybe he gets a moonshot. I kind of feel like he, des- he deserves to the moon. He deserves a moonshot. I, I think he, he he's not going to win you a league. He's going to help assist you win- winning a league. Uh, and so so back on the, the Terry McLaurin. So we got a wide receiver one slash two, but let's be safe and call him a wide receiver two. This guy could be a high-end wide receiver two for you in 2022 if you grab him in a safe and, and correct place. Amon Rice St. Brown could be a, a high-end wide receiver two for you in 20, 
22. Absolutely love Amon Ross St. Brown. This guy, Terry McLaurin right here, just inked his three-year, $71 million deal, $53 million guaranteed, 250 k for any kind of uh, Pro Bowl uh, nod this guy gets. This guy is going to explode as much as he can. I absolutely love Terry McLaurin. I think Terry McLaurin is a top 5-10 to 10 wide receiver in the NFL, but he's trapped in a situation that kind of holds him back. We're not going to see top 5 wide receiver consistency out of scary Terry McLaurin. We're just not. I mean, we got to accept that. It's kind of like having a vehicle that has a, a governor on the gas pedal and engine that won't allow it to go above a certain speed limit, but you know you can open it up to 180, but the, the, the gas pedal will only allow you to go to 140. It goes 140. We're absolutely thrilled that we're getting a Terry McLaurin that can be that kind of efficient. He's going to be good. He's got to upgrade a quarterback situation. Wentz is better than what they had, let's be honest, but Wentz can get hurt. He's not consistent. We don't know how long he'll be on the field for consistency reasons, a short leash or injury. So we can't guarantee ourselves any kind of consistency. McLaurin might have a new quarterback in week eight due to an injury, due to whatever. Wentz has a lot of variables that can pull him off the field. But I definitely feel like Scary Terry McLaurin, even with all these obstacles, is a home run smash to the moon. To the the moon. moon. At the 5.1 area anywhere near 5.1 some of you come at me and say smitty you can't draft him in round five anymore i see it all the time i know that in your league you might be one of the individuals that can't grab him in five i get that not everybody's gonna be able to steal him away when a player occasionally falls somewhere the word i'm using occasionally is used for a reason he's not always there sometimes you won't find him in round five but sometimes you will on underdog fantasy using promo code smitty link in the description or click on the banner at the fantasyfootballshow.com or use promo code smitty you can literally find this guy find this guy mclaurin sitting there at 5.1 5.2 5.3 sometimes he goes at 4.1 4.2 4.3 rockout says hey back from birthday dinner hit that like button now we've got rock out with the birthday a boy rock out birthday boy appreciate rock out rock out is a is a monster he is a show monster here at the fantasy football show um this mclaurin guy can be a low-end wide receiver one even with the governor on the gas pedal even with the restrictions that are put in front of him the obstacles he can still be a low-end wide receiver one for people wanting to go no wide receiver until round five or even round four if you dare This guy makes an excellent wide receiver one for people scooping up running backs, tight end, quarterback, whatever, and coming in hot for a wide receiver one at the tail end of round four or in the top area of round five. If you can go zero wide receiver through round four and end up with Terry McLaurin and St. Brown and Hopkins, you could get all three of them as your wide receivers. You're doing good work. You're doing absolutely amazing things this super chat from kenny powers is happy birthday rock out to the moon rock out is the man the myth the legend we appreciate you we salute you rock out cheers buddy cheers ah tell him tell him to what how old are you rock out says navy 
Rock out wants our Navy wants to know how old you are. Okay, so McLaurin, St. Brown, Hopkins, go steal them away in your drafts in 2022. Not a, not every one of these three are going to fall to the recommended areas down below on the ticking uh, uh, scrolling list below, but these are where I'm seeing these guys often fall. Um, last piece of news of the day, Deshaun Watson, the, the hearing ended. The three-day hearing that took place on Tuesday, Wednesday, and ended today is over. Okay? It's over. That means that Sue Robinson is making her final determination on Deshaun Watson. This recommendation is a recommendation. And if there's any discipline whatsoever involved in her ruling, meaning one game, two games, five games, whatever, the NFL or the NFLPA can appeal it and send it to Roger Goodell for a final determination. But Roger Goodell has set this up beautifully for himself, as he always does, that he's the judge, jury, and executioner. He brought in Sue Robinson to kind of appease everybody, take himself out of the situation. I don't think he'll overrule her too much. Like if she said five games, I don't think Goodell's going to come in and say, we're going to go ahead and and make it indefinite. I don't think he's going to go that far. Uh, Jose Perez with a a $10 holler. Appreciate you, uh, Mr. Prez, for dropping that $10 holler. You, it does not go unnoticed, Jose. It does not go unnoticed. Um, so if Sue Robinson comes back with no discipline, it's over. Now, I don't know what that means for a new case that pops up. Nobody can really answer that question, though. Like, what happens if four new cases pop up? Those are four new situations. So everybody's going to be kind of trying to... To, to guess what's going to happen, speculate. No one knows. If four new cases pop up, what's that mean? That's why I say the NFL and Sue Robinson and this entire situation, the league, they can't put a, a finite amount of discipline on this man when every single one of these cases is separate. What happens if they say 10-game suspension and four new cases pop up then four more new cases pop up. Then you have the original four that are still left. Four more. Four more. You have 12 total cases. What happens? Are you basically giving him a, a blanket disciplinary ruling for this and maybe anything else that's attached to it? Maybe maybe 50 other cases pop up, but we've already determined it's going to be eight games. I'm literally in awe of this of, of these these types of angles and situations that people are throwing out that suggests it's going to be six or eight or some finite amount. I don't know how Sue Robinson could even come up with a a finite number, six to eight. And she's going to take her sweet time, so we hear, as she should. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if we heard in a day or two what her ruling is. But once her ruling comes out, she gives it. The NFLPA will obviously appeal it if they think it's completely unfair. However... If they appeal it, Roger Goodell can come in and say, indefinite. Indefinite. So the NFLPA better tread lightly because if they send it to Roger Goodell for an appeal, he could literally change it in the other direction. The NFLPA would be smart not to go near this if it's anything below 12 games. They should just let it let it be. Be, feel lucky that he can play 2023 according to Sue Robinson and let Goodell try and maybe open a can of worms by saying 12 games. 
thank you, Sue Robinson. But since you deem discipline, I get to come in and overrule everything the moment someone appeals it. If someone appeals it, meaning the NFLPA, they appeal it, or if the, the league appeals it, Roger Goodell could come in and say, I want less games. He won't do that. I want more games. He probably would do that. Would he say indefinite suspension if Sue came in and said eight games? I highly doubt it because that's going to look really bad for the independent process Roger Goodell tried to insert between him and these decisions. If he comes in and totally undermines the whole process and says, Sue, you said six games. I'm going to say indefinite suspension. That's going to make everybody up in arms. He'll get a lot of applause from some one side of it, but he's going to get so much crap from any way he turns. He's going to get crap, but he's going to get blasted for saying, for saying, okay, we brought Sue in. We don't like her ruling. We're going to throw her ruling out, and I'm going to say indefinite suspension. But I do know that Roger Goodell is going to be pissed if Sue Robinson comes in with an extremely low recommendation because he can only wiggle that up so high without looking like the bad guy. So who knows what's going to happen. Your guess is almost as good as mine. I only say almost because I'm pretty dialed into this, but because anything could happen, really, anyone's guess is almost as good as anybody else's because no one knows what could happen here because the NFL is backwards. The NFL is not consistent. The NFL's disciplinary decisions are not parallel. you got one-year suspension for Calvin Ridley. You've got maybe a six to eight, like if, if Deshaun Watson gets six to eight games, for all of these situations, and you can get mad at me all you want and say innocent until proven guilty, he still made a, a big mess with over 20 to 100 situations, 60 to 100 people he met with in this weird, shady way, and you're going to come in and say innocent until proven guilty. I get it. I get it. Criminality, innocent until proven guilty, no question about it. I'm glad we live in a place where that can be. Easily, the stance I hold, I share it with you. But if in this mess of a situation where Deshaun Watson met with these individuals, admits that a lot of them left crying, that multiple people left crying after they met with them for massage, and you're going to defend the man to 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 a, to to the to the end of time. Like if he cannot, if he gets six to eight games, and Calvin Ridley, who's not even playing in the NFL, who bet on the NFL, which I believe does deserve a suspension, I do, I do. Calvin Ridley shouldn't have did that. But if he's going to get one year and Watson's getting six to eight games, it's absolutely backwards. And the NFL needs to get a grip on consistency in terms of handing down discipline. And for everybody that's going to come in and say, this is lopsided, the owners get to do this, the owners get to do that. Who said I think the owners should get away with this stuff too? Who do, who's to say that I don't view share your viewpoint that the owner the owners getting away with this, that, and the other is also in the lines of not being parallel? It's not parallel. Nothing is equivalent. Everything is off kilter. The NFL is so backwards with the way they discipline players. It's not even funny. There's no consistency whatsoever. So Watson ruling should be determined soon by Sue Robinson. Then that's going to be up to the NFL, the league, and the NFLPA to either allow or accept the recommendation by Sue Robinson or appeal it to Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell then gets to decide whatever he wants. And once Roger Goodell decides, it's over. There's no He gets total say. He could say out indefinitely 
and he's got to reapply every single year. That's what Roger Goodell wants to do. Roger Goodell wants to do that. And I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. Roger Goodell wants to do that. He wants to say indefinite, indefinite. I don't know if he will. It all depends on Sue and what and what she comes down with in terms of uh, uh, you know her decision. Let's get on over to the voicemail segment. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. The Bruce. Hey, Smitty, what do we think of Taysom Hill this year? I think he's like a crafty, kind of like a Cordell Patterson where he can be a running back and receiver. Do you think uh, Taysom Hill can be a tight end quarterback so you're getting a a really big steal, or am I delusional? You're not delusional. I I think he's a good, crafty backup tight end right now in 2022 fantasy football. The problem is, look what happened last year. Look what ESPN and all the crying and complaining did for Taysom Hill's eligibility, his dual eligibility. You had 11 crybabies in every league because one individual was smart enough to listen to the fantasy football show and my recommendations to target Taysom Hill as a dual position eligible player that you can put on your bench in deep, 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 deep leagues and wait, await a potential climb into the quarterback spot. Then what happens? Then what happens? Taysom Hill climbs in. Everybody complains and moans and and just cries to ESPN. And ESPN removes his eligibility to be a tight end because he goes over to quarterback. And all these people, 11 people in every league got upset at this because one person was benefiting. And if you did a league vote, guess what 11 people are going to say that can't partake in this? I don't think you should be able to do it. Is cheating. It wasn't cheating. In baseball, you're handing multiple position eligible uh, uh, categories. In, in in the case of Cordero Patterson, he's a running back and a wide receiver. Once you earn that eligibility during a season, why on earth would you take it away just because he moved positions? It's not cheating at all. A bunch of crying and complaining got ESPN to get soft and overturn it. That was absolute ridiculous. Uh, and, and I got a lot of heat for that because of my stance. A lot of people that were part of the 11 other individuals, obviously, were upset saying, Smitty, it's cheating, it's cheating. I can't believe you're promoting cheating. It's not cheating to leave Taysom Hill in your lineup as a tight end when he was eligible to be in your tight end spot and ESPN crumbled because they got scared of everybody complaining and moaning. 11 people out of every league were upset at it for for no good reason because they didn't outthink the owner that grabbed Taysom Hill. So be careful because you could draft Taysom Hill as your tight end right now, but who's to say he won't be moved to kicker later or punter or some some position. Hopefully he can move to kicker, actually. If he got moved to punter or something because the, the ESPN's getting scared that people are going to email him about it, I don't know. Taysom Hill, to me, is a crafty backup tight end with the ability to score points if he gets in there. And yeah, they use him all over the field. So grab him as a backup. Don't grab him as a starter. I definitely like the approach, though, the Bruce. It's it's smart. I like it. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq. How's it going? How's everyone in the chat doing? I asked a question yesterday, but it wasn't touched on because of the showing going over. But I'll ask it again, and I hope you don't tell me to take a baby lab or a big fat lab. But uh, my question is, uh, between the two sophomore running backs going into year two, 
uh, between Najee Harris and Elijah Mitchell, who do you think has the more fantasy value in 2022, even though you mentioned to have David Price as a cuff to Mitchell? Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, Tariq, you're going to have to just take it uh, thick skin. Don't get mad at it, but you, you can't ask, do you like Harris, number two or three overall player, compared to Mitchell, a fifth or sixth rounder? You did set it up nicely by by offering up the idea of taking the lap. But yeah, I mean, come on. Harris is number two, number three, number four overall. You're drafting Harris in the top five. Without question, without hesitation, without equivocation, is Mitchell capable of being a, a running back one? Absolutely capable of being a running low-end running back one. You've got to cuff him to tie Davis Price. No question about it, like you mentioned. I think the duo together safe because you've got Shanahan who oftentimes will rotate his backs, but when he rotates into one, he usually hammers down and gives them tons and tons of carries. So I think if you do have both of them, you are safe, but it's not even comparable. It's not even close. Don't worry, Tariq. Laps are healthy. Don't take offense to it. It's okay. Rockout dropping a $2 hauler. Rockout says, do a draft with Matthew Barry on ESPN. I plan to try and ask him to come on one of these shows Monday through Friday here in the coming week, so be prepared for that. Also, I'm going to go ahead and, and invite uh, Scott Hansen back on the show. Um, you know, seven hours of commercial-free football begin now! We're going to get Scott Hansen, the Red Zone host, uh, GOAT, on here again, hopefully. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq. Uh, do you see Dalton Schultz ADP going up, or is it going to be stagnant going into 2022? Thanks, Bob. We're seeing it climb into the bottom of round five, uh, but definitely into round six, and I don't like it. I, I mean, I like him. I'm still potentially willing to draft him in, in the late six, but it depends on who's on the board. Again, everything's situation dependent. Who am I passing on to take Dolan Schultz? Do I like him traditionally in the middle of six? No, because there's still other players like Kenny Walker and, and Burrow falls to round six sometimes. There are a lot of options that could be there. It all depends on, on what we're looking at. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq. If, in fact, Alvin Kamara is suspended by the NFL, let's say between four to six games in 2022, where is his ADP going to look like, and where is he going to reach to draft in 2022 draft in a redraft format? Thanks, Bob. I honestly think if he was handed a six-game suspension, you'd still have guys, like even some guys in here, Avi's been drafting him in the second and third round like clockwork. I still think some people are going to draft him in round three. They're going to be like, it's Kamara. Uh, You can cuff him. But I, I don't I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Round three, six games, it's a lot. There's so many other players. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Kamara missing six games doesn't hold a candle to Brees Hall playing a full season. So if Brees Hall can be had in the fourth round, in some cases, and late third in a lot of cases, but probably still in the fourth round in a lot of ways, you could get Brees Hall. Take advantage of Brees Hall's ADP. Don't reach for him if you don't have to. But why on earth would you take Kamara over Brees Hall? Why on earth would you take Kamara over Gibson? So I would say after Gibson in the fourth round, after, uh, you know, I take Kamara over J.K. Dobbins, who probably won't be ready for week one anyway. You know, like there's no way, there's no way I'm taking 
Alvin Kamara in the top three rounds if you know he's out five or six games. There's just no way. I would say late round four, you start toying with the idea in one league. In one league. The Bruce. Hey, Smitty, I'm in a super flex league. I just took over a team. My quarterbacks are Herbert, Lance, Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. Should I get, which one would you get rid of if you were me out of them four? How in the hell do you have this many quarterbacks, the Bruce? Number one, what are you doing with this many quarterbacks this long? Like, did you just draft this league? And how many people are in this league? Four? Is this is this mom, dad, and, and, and Uncle Bud, and you? Is this a four-man league? Like, how are you holding these quarterbacks, the Bruce? And how long have you been sitting on them? Um, you hold Herbert... But really, you probably sell the one you can sell the highest. Because something tells me you either have no players on your roster but quarterbacks, so you need all the help you can get, or you're in a very tiny league and you've consumed all these guys and no one's going to trade for a quarterback anyway. Like, if you're in a smaller league, if this is even an eight-man league, no one's trading for a quarterback. you got eight starters. Everybody's got an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady at the very least. At the very least. And if you're in a league that literally is a 12-man league and you own all these quarterbacks, I think you'll be able to get rid of one, and i just sell the one you can get the most for. I'd probably try and keep Herbert. Lance won't get you enough to sell right yet. He'll build value over time. Hertz is kind of hit and miss whether people believe him or not. People still throw a trash can emoji out, which is ridiculous. He's going to have a big year. I would tend to say Herbert or Lamar. I'd try and shop Lamar, but if you can get a whole bunch more for Herbert, I would send Herbert packing because between these three quarterbacks, you're going to be absolutely fine. But something tells me you're in a small league and no one's going to come knocking, which is why you still probably have him. The Bruce is because it's a tiny league and no one's shopping for quarterbacks. But hey, Smitty, this year I'm playing in my first Superflex Dynasty League, and our startup draft is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's not a two quarterback league, but you can start two quarterbacks. And I just found out I have the number one pick. When you have the number one pick, is it an obvious choice to go quarterback there, or would you do something else? And my second question is, if you would trade out of that pick, no. what would be fair value to get in return? Yeah, I mean, guys, I, I, Jim, you had to have to have seen this before, I'm sure, at some point, but let me show you again what I'm talking about. When you do a super flex league and you have a top four quarterback, you have an advantage no one else has, or that only four, there, four or five other people have, because there really only are four to five quarterbacks that I feel are monsters. But when you're drafting in round, and this applies to Superflex, not 2QB. 2QB is a little bit more, you got to draft quarterbacks early. In Superflex, this is what I do. You draft either Josh Allen or Herbert, whoever you feel is the number one and you can't go wrong. You take the quarterback there. Then you go back to normal thinking. Act like it's a 1QB league from this point on. All the way up, or sorry, through round two, through round three, four, through round five. Maybe at this range, you look at the quarterbacks depending who falls. Like if a Lance is somehow sitting there, you're going to take Lance. Davis Mills is my secret weapon uh, 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 guy that I take later on to be my number two quarterback, and I roll the dice with it. Taysom Hill, like we said earlier, you cuff him. Uh, you know, maybe he becomes a quarterback later. Right now, he's just he's just he's not eligible as a quarterback, but. Um, so you got to kind of look at your league settings, but right here you got Mills. Mills is a fantastic second quarterback to toss onto your roster. Um, right here, 
Josh Allen, after you get that, you're in one Q, you're in one QB draft mode as if this is round one. Because these will all be QBs for the most part between this range and this range. Right here is almost as if all the way down to here is if you're going to see maybe four or five non-QBs go between this pick and this pick, which means you're going to see potentially Swift here or Javante. You're going to see potentially at this pick here, guys that would go right around this area. So you can get Josh Allen, Swift, and I don't know that you'll get Jamar Chase, Jefferson, or Cup, but you could. You could, especially in a dynasty, maybe Cup Falls. These, this is the kind of team you build. You take a quarterback early. You have a huge advantage. You let everybody clog this up here, this entire area clogged up with quarterbacks, and you start drafting normal, and you come out with a monster team that you shouldn't have. Treat this like it's round one in a 1QB league. Treat this like it's round two in a 1QB league. Treat this like it's round three in a 1QB league. Get back to that thinking and scoop these up. Draft against traffic. Everybody will be drafting quarterback. You'll already have your quarterback and you're going to draft against traffic. And when you draft against traffic, you win leagues. When you draft against traffic, you win. You get guys that can absolutely explode from the draft value. What's up, Smitty? My quick question for you. Whose ADP do you think is going to change the most by the time of the actual start of this draft and the start of the season? Thank you. Um, Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, um, are two guys that come to mind that I think ADPs will change drastically. And let, let me put a couple names on. Hall, ETN, DK, um, Burrow. I think all these guys right here are going at such ridiculous ADP values that I don't see how they don't climb. Hall could climb all the way into mid two. Say what you want. Car, he's a bust. It's the Jets. Keep doing it. Keep propelling it. Hold him into round three, please. We need a certain number of people out there spreading the word that, that Brees Hall is going to bust. It's the only way we can get him at a, a reasonable value. And, and even in mid, mid two, he's going to crush it. Like, he can be Najee Harris 2022. He's the 2022 version of the 2021 Najee Harris. Even if Hall climbed to 18 overall, on the regular, he's going to outperform that by double. So I don't care if he's my third drafted player when I can maybe squeak him out a little later. I don't want to take the chance if I like him the best when I'm on the clock at 3.5. I'm taking him. I don't care what anybody says. I'll do what I want. I'll do what I want. I do it all the time. And I'm standing behind Brees Hall, winning me a massive amount of leagues. ETN, we've seen climb from round five to round four. He's starting to kind of jump into round three. So maybe his movement's kind of already happened, but this is happening with him. Uh, uh, DK Metcalf will climb, especially if they get Baker. You know, Baker's not a, 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 a he's a letter maker. He's a, a touchdown. He's not a touchdown maker. He's an interception maker. He's a complainer. Baker, Baker, the complaint maker. But he's still an upgrade. He's still an option. Like maybe Geno's better for DK. Who knows? But to have the option of Locke, Geno, and Baker, it's better for Seattle. It's better for Kenny Walker. It's better for DK to have the option of having potentially a better quarterback. And, and to me, Baker may not be a good, great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, a good quarterback who can at least move the football down the field. And what we want for DK is more red zone and touchdown opportunities 
Baker probably gives DK a better chance of getting to 12, uh, 11, 10, 14 touchdowns than Locke or Geno can. I still think DK can do it. He's that kind of wide receiver. He's a big target. And when they do get near the end zone, he's going to have to be efficient and pull in his targets. But he could score 10 plus TDs with Geno and Locke as quarterback. It's just going to be harder. It's going to be a lot harder to do. With Baker, it should be a little easier. So, um, and then Burrow. Burrow goes in five and six round territories. Like, what are you What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Uh, Ricky joined the YouTube memberships. Ricky. Appreciate you, Ricky, being a YouTube exclusive member, buddy boy. Uh, stop complaining about Gibby. He still produced top 10 running back numbers with a broken leg. It wasn't a broken leg. It was more like a, a, a shin shin splint issue that had some fractures in it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say broken leg, but I do agree. I like Gibby in fourth round, fifth round situations. I like that a lot. I don't like him in the second or third. But I think Silver, what I'd have to say to defend... Prime's take. I'm not reading everything you guys are yelling back and forth, uh, but but Gib, Gibby here's here's Silver's uh, uh, comment in defense of his stance. Gib Gibbs had one good game with a long run. Pathetic, says Silver. Silver's not into Gibby, but let let me just say this: Gibby Gibby in second round, like value. I agree. I agree, Silver. That's where he like should go if you could trust him. If he was getting the for sure volume, he would go two, three, you know, but he's going in four or five. So you got to ask yourself, at what point does he cross that line in the sand where he flips from an avoid to a, a draft? It's okay, Silver, if you don't like him and your line's very far down. It sounds like Silver's line is right ground six or seven, or maybe it's never ending down there. <laughs> but I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't argue that Gibby at four or five round value isn't something to maybe. Uh, be excited about. I think there's some potential there. Swift for Watson, Superflex. I'm in a rebuild. Swift for Watson, Connor. What are you thinking, bro? Swift for what? You would trade DeAndre Swift for a guy that may never play again, Connor? People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are getting... Connor, I'm here for you. Some of this is tough love. It's like a coach yelling at you on a track. High knees, Connor! High knees! High knees, Connor! You know, that's all it is. I'm not not trying to make you feel... I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to emphasize a point. You cannot trade Swift... For Deshaun Watson in a super flex of any kind. I don't care if it's a, uh, you know, I don't care if you get extra bonus points for for suspensions, bro. I'm still not trading Swift for Deshaun Watson. It's not even close. Like, Deshaun Watson's garbage right now until he proves otherwise. So, um, I don't know if you're still here, but let me know if there's any other offers on the table let's get you something different but if you're in a rebuild why not keep swift he's got a lot of time left or go after a wide receiver or go after a trey lance and a wide receiver 
Like go after Brees Hall and 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 a, the the pick for Brees Hall or for Brees Hall and a potential quarterback. I'd take Mills over Watson right now, says Kenny, and I I would probably agree. I'm not taking Watson anywhere. You don't know what's in store for this guy. Number one, Connor, think of it this way. Like, even if he gets 10 games, you're in rebuild mode. You're thinking about 2023, right? What happens if 10, 15, 20 more cases pop up between now and March 15, which is around the statute of limitations for these cases to reemerge and get filed against him of the 60 to 100 possible situations that he set up that may come back to bite him? Based on 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 the, the 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 settlements that may trigger people that didn't want to come forward to come forward, absolute overpay to the extreme degree. I don't see Connor's response. Connor, I hope you stayed. Laps are fine. It's tough love. It's nothing more than that. Don't get upset, Danny. Hey, Schmidt, this is Daniel. Hope you're having a good day, man. Uh, just a quick question for redraft. Uh, trying to figure out what your thoughts on on Miles Sanders are. Uh, just let me know, man. Uh, thank you. Uh, Miles Sanders is definitely somebody that I'm avoiding for the most part. Number one, Miles Sanders came out the other day and said that don't draft me in fantasy. And I think a lot of people didn't take a look at the whole clip. And uh, why would you not want Swift if you're in a rebuild, says Blackbeard. Exactly. Exactly. Where's Connor? Connor, come back in here and let's let's work out another deal for you that's going to be more beneficial for you. Let's rebuild this thing. Let's rebuild this bad boy, Connor. Together. Together, Connor. Ready? Grab my hand. Let's do it, Connor. <laughs> let's do it, broski. Bro fist, baby. Get in here, Connor. Got to toughen Connor up. Set him on some laps. He's going to be tough. He's going to be tough as nails when we're done with him. Connor's going to walk in and just demand the world. Someone's going to say, hey, Connor, remember that Watson deal we're talking about? Connor's going to go, shove it, Bill. Shove it, Bill. Uh, Miles Sanders said, don't draft me in fantasy. Don't. He just did an interview. Don't draft me in fantasy. And he didn't say it like, leave me alone, I'll do my thing. He's like, I need more opportunities. How am I going to score? He's like, our offense is just the, I'm going to get two, three, four, five, five points. You know, that's just our offense. I need more touches. That's the way our offense is. I'm going to get two, three, four, five points. Sharing carries. Why would you draft somebody that just told you he's going to get you two, three, four, five points? It's just the way the offense is. There's no, there's no way, like, there's no way I'm drafting a guy that literally tells you he doesn't know if he's going to get the amount of carries he needs to get. Like, no way. It's absolutely a horrible decision to bank on him at his ADP. If you felt a crazy running back four value, sure, but I'm not spending a high-end flex when I can go get a Kenny Walker where Miles Sanders is. you got to be out of your minds. What's up, Smitty? My quick question for you. Whose ADP do you think is going to change the most? Oh, I got that one. That was Ryan. Hey, Smitty, I'm trying to uh, acquire DeAndre Hopkins in a trade. Um, I offered my Tyler Lockett and George Pickens, who the other fantasy owner really likes, for DeAndre. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd do that. I'd do that. I mean, I like Pickens a lot. I do. Um, It was Pickens and who? I offered my Tyler Lockett. Lockett. Lockett and Pickens. You could argue that you want Pickens long-term, but if you can win now, I like the idea of Hopkins. I like the idea of Hopkins. If you're not in win-now mode, 
keep Pickens and, and hope that he ends up being some monster. You know, so it comes down to what direction you're going. But Hopkins in a win now mode, I do it. If you can't win, if you're not one of the best teams in your league, you got to be honest and do a, a you know self assessment. Then why why go after an aging wide receiver that's going to miss six games that may never be more than one elite year and then kind of like lingering, you know, injuries stuff like that. But one good year, I think he's got like 17 straight games. So that might be through this year and through half of next year. Maybe he finishes out the next year uh, really good. James, join in the, the YouTube exclusive group. James. boy, James. James, drop some emojis, pal. Show show everybody what you just you just got. And and we're going to go into to exclusive member mode during the season at times. Not all the time, but at times because it gets absolutely crazy up in this mug and we got to figure out a way to reward the people dropping the dollar 99 holler uh you know it's 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 awesome hopkins to the moon says ron ron's ron's going to continue to tell people that they're doubt and crap on hopkins um silver still not liking the the gibby uh, quit drafting gibby and you won't get a flat tire terry okay rock out there hasn't been a back-to-back number one receiver in the last so many years. Do you think Cup can be a back-to-back number one receiver? But I'm thinking Jefferson will take it this year. Uh, you know, I think someone would be absolutely crazy to bet the farm on any one of Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, or Justin Jefferson to be the number one wide receiver. Because the truth is, any one of those three could be the number one wide receiver in 2022. Absolutely, you know, a tier of their own. This trio is in a tier of their own. And is Cup capable of it? Yeah. I mean, think about how special a year he had. Like, if anybody's going to be an outlier, it would be the guy that just won the Triple Crown and did something amazing that we haven't seen in a, you know, so I, I, I would say I would say if I had to pick Jefferson is the most talented of the three wide receivers. He has the least quarterback firepower delivering him the football. Jamar Chase is the best combination of both. He's got talent that rivals those two. Maybe he's a little lesser skill set wise overall because he's a specialist at a couple things. He does a couple things better than anybody, but he doesn't do everything on the same level that Jefferson and Cup do. So skill wise, he might be a tad lower and he's still getting better. He could he could earn all these skills and, and acquire them over a long career. Skills that make him a nightmare for defensive backs that are out there trying to stop him. This guy could be a monster. He could become a he could become a, 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 a Brian Mills, you know, from, from taking this guy, Jamar Chase. But he's got the best quarterback of the three of them. He's got Joseph Burrow delivering the football to him. So if you've got a guy that does some things better than anybody, but is kind of still trying to get his other skills up to par with Cup and Jefferson, but he's got the best quarterback of the situation by a landslide, because Stafford doesn't hold a candle to Joe Burrow. Uh, you can say whatever you want about Stafford. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. But Stafford is a lot better than than Cousins. And Cup has more skills in some cases than Chase. It's like, how do you decide? So for me, it comes down to Burrow. I'm banking on the quarterback. 
So Jamar Chase is the guy that I think could finish number one. Justin Jefferson could be right there. Wouldn't shock me at all if he was number one. And Cooper Cup has a better quarterback than Cousins. Almost the same skills as Jefferson. If not, you know, he does have the same skills, but Jefferson's just got that that intrigue. Can he be better than Cup? You know, because right now you probably say they're they're like this. They're even. But I think Jefferson is going to prove he has more skills and abilities than anybody in the entire NFL at the wide receiver position. So it just comes down to balance, man. And for me, I lean in the direction of some total Jamar Chase being the number one wide receiver in 2022. But Jefferson's going to be really close. Cooper Cup's going to be really close. It's all really close. Bruce Hall is gone, would you take Saquon Barkley that have been injured or Alvin Kamara with a sixth game? Possibly the fourth round. Uh, Barkley or Kamara, you're gonna if six games is a lot. Give me Barkley. Give me Barkley. There is a place that I draft Barkley, and I'm okay with Barkley in the 3.5, 3.6 on value. Kamara, if he's missing six games, is down in round four, and I'm uncomfortable drafting Kamara in round four. So Barkley by a mile. Was eating a supreme pizza with extra cheese, so I had to repeat Hopkins' message. Uh, great show, Smitty. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate you, Ron. Ron is taking care of that back. Ron, Ron, how much time are you going to be out of commission resting the back? Like, what, What's that look like for you? Uh, can't wait to have you along for the ride in 2022. It's only going to get busier in here. 102 people in the building. Please hit the thumb up button. How many thumbs up do we have, Terry? Hit that subscribe button if you're new and wipe your feet at the door. Wipe your feet at the door, please. Help the show. Help the show help you. Smitty, what's your prediction for Gibby with McKissick and Robinson in the mix? This is the where this is where Silver is losing his mind right now. He's like, "Are you talking about Gibby? You're actually talking about Gibby is very guys. We got 64 thumbs up and over 100 of you in here. So if you guys could please punch the thumb up button, I would appreciate it. It does help the channel grow. The bigger we get, the more I do live streams, the more I give content out, the more I deliver, the more prizes I have to give away, give away the better sponsorships and giveaways I have. So like the show, spread the word." Let's get this sucker to 25,000 subscribers by December and let's blow this show up and let's take over not only the the fantasy football space, but the NFL news space. The NFL, we are an, we're an NFL news show. We're an NFL news show and let's let people know about it. We need more thumbs up. Punch it. Punch it. Uh, Ron with another super chat. Ron says, well, I'll start PT hopefully next week. Okay. Um, until then, uh, Brad and Bob, the, the physical therapy guys on YouTube are, are good as well. Go look them up. Uh, Doug, Doug's more than welcome to call in, uh, when we do the call in part of the show. Gibby to me again, baked in value in the fourth and fifth round. Am I worried about him? I'm very worried about him. He's got a lot of competition there. It's not just one running back. It's like three or four of them total. Like even Jared Patterson. No one's talking about Jared Patterson anymore. Uh, the Bruce joined the YouTube memberships. The Bruce. I can't believe the Bruce wasn't a YouTube member yet. But yeah, yeah. buddy. Yeah, buddy. The Bruce, man. Bruce is loose. Uh, fourth and fifth round value. It's ri- It still is risky. To Silver's point, he's still risky. He's still risky at even 
fourth round value. He still is. There's a committee there, but he is so talented. He's got no resume in college at all. This guy ran 30 times in college. This guy caught 30 balls in college. He literally totaled about 60 total plays in college that he caught footballs or had the football in his hands. That is nothing. How did the football team even see this guy coming is my question. How'd they even know he had the ability to be a, a starter in the NFL? He has no resume whatsoever. No track record of holding up other than his NFL games, which have been spotty. Like, we're worried about him holding up. So, to, to, to Silver's point, there's a lot of risk here. Uh, Ricky joined. Yeah, I saw that. I think I gave Ricky a, a round of applause. I think I did already, Ricky. Ricky, joining. If I didn't... Rockout said, can you send me your deep dish pizza? Uh, I think he's talking to Ron. He wants Ron's pizza pie. Um, Where were we? Gibby, fourth, fifth rounder. I do believe the value is baked in. I'd rather take a chance on JK or Cam than Gibby. Not me. Not me, Silver. Give me, give me Gibby over Cam. Give me Gibby over JK especially. JK's not even healthy. I don't even know what's going to happen with him. Um, but but I, I appreciate you. Axe, your membership is higher, says Kenny. All right, next question. Uh, Kenny, I think Kenny's the next asker. Hey, Smitty, how do you feel about Ertz and the rookie tight end in Arizona? How do you think that's going to shake out? Um, you know, I'm I'm just I'm banking on Ertz having a majority of the work. I'm not I'm not going to bank on a rookie tight end. Not in a system where I don't think they're going to shove him into the starting job. You know, Ertz is still there. Uh, I I don't mind Ertz as a top. Like you miss tight ends. You miss on Fryermuth. You miss on all my sleepers. You don't get anybody. Ertz is pretty good to grab in a worst-case scenario. He's definitely a good backup. He's just staying healthy. Could be a tough, tall order for him. And that's when I look at the rookie once, uh, once that you know he ends up uh, if Ertz ends up missing time or something like that. Then, then you got a rookie getting shoved in and getting um, a bunch of uh, a bunch of work and, and getting forced along to mature quickly. And then, that, then I'm then I'm on board. Andy, Schmitty, Thomas Brady did it again last year throwing for over 5,300 yards and 43 touchdowns compared to Justin Herbert, who bear, who threw for just over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns and Burrow, who threw 4,600 yards and 34 tutties. What's the theory on drafting Herbert and Burrow in the fourth and fifth rounds over Brady, who's consistently going in the ninth, 10th round area? I mean, there's strategy to both. I don't hate the idea of waiting on an Aaron Rodgers or a Brady or whatever, whatever, whatever quarterback you want to toss out there, Stafford. There's some advantages to that. It comes down to who's on the board, and and the way I describe early quarterback to people, it still makes people confused. They're just like they still say to me the same regurgitated response. Their quarterback position's too deep to go quarterback early. It's just they've heard it over and over. They say it over and over. They don't really understand the the breakdown of it all and the fact that it really matters who's on the board. Like in the case in point in this throne league, let me show you the throne draft right here. In the throne draft right here, you have literally Herbert, who is who we took at 4.12. There's a big case to be made. Burrow fell. He shouldn't have. 
He fell all the way to 7.8 over here. 7.8 Burrow fell to. But we took Herbert at 412. So you could say, hey, that makes this 7.1 an amazing Burrow pick. Waiting on a quarterback would have been smart for us. That is true. But if we truly believe Herbert's going to lead the league in fantasy football quarterback scoring, I think Burrow will be very close. But if we think Herbert is a difference maker, tell me where we made a mistake. Because on the clock at 4.12, drop down here to the fifth round, and we're going to go this way. Tell me a player that stands out to where we're like, holy crap, we made a huge mistake. Herbert was the pick. Herbert was the pick. He remains the pick. Even in hindsight, I wouldn't change it because I love our Herbert Mike Williams stack and I love what Herbert's going to bring to the table. But like, look, going down, we got Mike Williams, so we can't count him. Jacobs, Brandon Cooks, Hollywood Brown. I like Hollywood Brown, but it's not like we we made a huge mistake. Sutton, Miles Sanders, Eli Mitchell, Judy, Mike Thomas, Godwin, St. Brown, Dylan. There's Mahomes. Uh, 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 Harris, Dalton Schultz I like, but that's not somebody we're passing on Herbert for. There's nobody here. You know, I like Kenneth Walker. That I, You know, you could argue Kenneth Walker and Burrow. I would have loved and walked out extremely elated. But, like, that's the only argument you can make here is Kenneth Walker. Everybody else is very, very much on a different level than if you were to say you passed on this guy and you could have got Burrow later. You made a huge mistake. It's got to be apples to apples. Our Herbert and, let's say, uh, Hopkins at 7.1 is easily because... Lamar Jackson went 7.2. So let's say we took Lamar Jackson at 7.1 instead of Hopkins. Well, who are we getting at 4.12? Are we getting Brandon Cooks, Hollywood Brown, Sutton? You could easily make an argument that Hollywood Brown and Lamar is still the same thing as Pollard and Herbert or Ayuk and Herbert. You know, so it's got to be apples to apples. I'm not scared of going to early quarterback. And so to answer your question, Brady over those guys... Maybe, but it depends on when you're on the clock. What players are you passing on for Herbert or Burrow? And don't worry about Brady because you're you're focusing on that pick. Everybody that thinks too much about drafting that guy and that guy, and I'm going to go ahead and make this plan, and I'm going to wait on this player, I'm going to wait on that player. People that think too much about where they're drafting a position Get left behind because best player available should be looked at whenever you're on the clock. Who's the best player available? Not based on ADP. And I, that makes me even more angry when people say, Smitty, why would I draft based on ADP? Why would I draft based on ADP? Best player available, Smitty. Best player available is ADP. Is it? It's not ADP. Best player available and ADP are two completely different. Alert. Maximum levels reached. Prepare for transformation. Time for a Smitty rant. There is a big, big drastic difference between best player available and ADP. I get so many people that come to me. Where's my... They come to me and say, But Smitty, are you saying that I should draft based on the pre-rank list and who's the best player ranked? That is not best player available. We have something to discuss here right now. What is best player available? 
best player available. Best player available is when you're on the clock. Here's round five. Here's round six, let's say. Who is the best player at this draft slot, let's say, that can explode from their value? This might be a reach. Kenneth Walker, to most of you, probably feels like a reach at, let's just call this 6.1. Kenneth Walker at 6.1 or 6.2 probably feels like a big reach to a lot of you. So when I say best player available, I'm not saying draft based off ADP. I'm saying take full advantage of ADP. I'm saying manipulate ADP. I'm saying take your league mates to school based on ADP. You're using ADP as a skill or as a, as a tool, and you're going to use your skills to draft around it and manipulate it. Now, Kenneth Walker has probably seven to eight round ADP in some cases. You can get Walker in round seven. Why take him in round at 6.2, Smitty? You told me to take the best player available. Why are you taking Walker so early? Because I don't care about ADP in terms of where I draft the player. I care about ADP in terms of where I can manipulate and navigate and maneuver around the draft to a point where I feel comfortable even reaching on a player. So if I'm sitting here and Kenneth Walker is sitting there at 6.3, he could be a top 5 to 10 running back. He could be the best player available at even a place of reaching at 6.2, at 6.3. So ADP is not best player available. The pre-rank list is not best player available. When when Joe Burrow is sitting there in the sixth round, here's round six, here's round five. When Joe Burrow is sitting there in round six, I don't care if Brady, you, t- you could tell me with certainty that Brady's available in round 10. If Brady's available in round 10, I'm still taking Joe Burrow without hesitation, at 6.2. Every single time. I don't give a crap where Brady's going. I don't care at all that Stafford's falling late. I don't care if you could promise me I'll get Dak Prescott in round 15. It doesn't matter to me. This is the best player available at 6.2. What happens later doesn't matter. I'll reassess every round. Best player available means that when you're on the clock, you don't worry about what's going to maybe happen. You don't worry about necessarily what's happened to other rosters. You worry about your roster. What is the best selection for you to make at that time, incorporating who you've already drafted, not what other people have done, but what you have done. Am I telling you to take back-to-back quarterbacks? No. Am I telling you to take back-to-back tight ends? No. Am I telling you to just draft the best player left on the pre-rank list? I've already said no, Bob. I've already said no. But guy like Burrow, 6.2, best player available at 6.2. I don't care who's there. I can tell you already, Burrow crushes 6.2. And I don't care who falls. I'll surround myself. I'll go into round 7 or 8 and take a Tony Pollard and pair him with Burrow instead of grabbing a a J.K. Dobbins here. Let's say J.K. Dobbins. He won't even fall to 6.2. But let's use it because I know everyone out there thinks J.K. Dobbins would be a steal at 6.2. Give me Burrow at 6.2 and Tony Pollard later 
than getting J.K. Dobbins at 6.2. No, that's not a steal, people. If you get J.K. Dobbins here and Tom Brady later, I crush you. Burrow and Tony Pollard crushes your J.K. Dobbins or whatever running back you're getting at 6.2 and your Tom Brady, even if you get Tom Brady in round 15. It's apples to apples. Stop saying you can't take a quarterback early. Quarterbacks are too deep to go early. If someone tells you to take a quarterback early, they don't know what they're talking about. You know who doesn't know what they're talking about? People that open their mouth and say you shouldn't draft this, you shouldn't draft that without understanding the context, the flow of draft, who's available. BPA, best player available, is by far the number one approach in 20. 22 and beyond always is always will be. Time for a Smitty rant. And that's all I got to say about that. Asher, do you like tight end premium? Do you like super flex? Do you like half point PPR, full PPR? Guaranteed no one plays standard anymore. Uh what's your favorite uh, uh scoring settings, Smitty? Thanks. Um, I don't like tight end premium. I'm sorry. I just don't. Why, why screw, like, maybe maybe it's getting older, but, like, why keep messing with what, con, like, it doesn't make any sense. Why do tight end premium? Why? Why? No one's out there creating content at the massive, you know, scale level for, for your weird scoring format. Why are you going to go do something stupid with your scoring format so that no content's catering to you? Let's do tight end premium with super flex with two kickers and 0.5 points per receptions for quarterbacks. <laughs> and then let's go try and find content creators that are creating content for us so we can get some advice. Like stop adding to the scoring. Okay, tight end premium, why do it? Who cares about tight end premium? It's a dumb, it's just dumb. It's stupid. Why do this to yourself? Why make it so you can find no content on your ridiculous league scoring out there that's got tight end premium, but only on Wednesdays and Thursday night games and, and sometimes on Friday night games or on Turkey Day, you get an extra point per carry on Thanksgiving if your, your player plays on Thanksgiving. And during the week 14 bye week, that doesn't count. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? So no, I don't like, the, I like traditional PPR, one QB, or you could do Superflex. I'm okay with Superflex. I'm okay. There's enough content out there for Superflex. I can do that. I handle that. I produce content for Superflex. I do it. But these tight end premiums with non-PPR and running backs get extra carries and then interceptions are worth minus 15 and quarterbacks for, quarterback scoring is now three. But a two-point conversion is seven. Like, what am I going to do with that? I can't even give advice to that. Somebody texted me on the text line, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Order your one-on-one text advice. I'll help you out, even if you've got that weird scoring. <laughs> I tell you to take a lap, though. But even on my text line, I get somebody that comes in. It's like, hey, I'm in. The, and I don't know what to tell them half the time when you have these weird scoring formats that I've never seen before in my life. Uh, Ron with two super chats in a row. He, he dropped a ten dollar one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Ron says Smitty isn't a FPCC fan. I'm I'm just not. I'm not. I play in the I play in the Scott Fish Bowl, and it's always weird scoring, and we do it for charity. I I, I don't mind. I don't gripe and complain, but it's just like it, I'm a content creator. I don't create content for half of these weird scoring formats. How can I? I don't have time for. No one can rotate through all the different scoring formats. It's absolutely madness. Um, this super chat from Ron says. They were reporting today on Total Access Seattle. But, uh, beat reporter saying Penny, clear-cut number one. That's the case. How does this affect Walker, whose ADP is ahead of Penny? I think this is the best news we could have got because as we head into redraft mode, Dynasty, look, you take Pen- you took you took Kenny Walker high, you're going to take Kenny Walker high in Dynasty anyway. In redraft, this is the best news because it protects in and bakes in more of the risk. Kenny Walker is by far and away the number one running back of the future in Seattle and at some point during the year. And I've told people over and over, if you keep drafting Kenny Walker in four, we do mock drafts and I see it all the time. Even some of my best people are drafting him in in round four. I'm taking Kenny Walker. You're going to be so disappointed in week one. I'm telling you over and over again that it could be a 50-50 timeshare. It could be a 60-40 split in favor of Penny in weeks one, two, and three. And so when people draft Kenny Walker in round four against my advice and then act like I should be proud of their draft selection, it makes me crazy. Kenny Walker is not a fourth rounder. There's a reason he has so much upside and appeal from round six on. Do I reach for Walker at round six? I absolutely do. He's totally baked in risk in round six territories. 100%. But why are people not listening when we do a mock just because I've said Kenny Walker to the moon? To the moon. Why are we not listening and why are we still drafting him in round four in a mock draft? Because you want to be the guy that owned Kenny Walker. Stop it. Stop it. That goes for everybody in here. Some of my best people in here have drafted Kenny Walker in round four against what I'm saying. You got to stop it. Kenny Walker... Is an absolute monster. He's going to take over. Penny's never stayed healthy in the past. He won't stay healthy this year. He won't hold off Kenny Walker, but it could be till week five or six before it happens. And I can guarantee you right now, how there's going to be so many people flooding in here, into the live streams after week one, after week two, after week three, and they're going to say, Smitty, this is this guy's the next Javante Williams. I'm giving up on him. I'm out on Kenny Walker. I can't wait any longer. And you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to not only am I going to press the take a lap button, but I'm going to say, I told you this would happen at every step, Bob. What on earth made you think differently when you watch my show every single day? And every single day, I tell you to stay clear of Kenny Walker in round four. That's not the place to draft him. You have to protect your value. You don't reach because you want to be the guy that owns him. The impatient drafter loses. The patient drafter that plays the odds games as best he can. And you can say sixth round. Why aren't you playing the odds game to sixth to seventh to eighth round then, Smitty? Because there's nothing to fear or lose in round six. You have to take everything case by case. I'm telling you a range of territory that is safe to reach for players. And in the case of uh, of a Kenneth Walker, if you have, let's say, round four, round four, round five, round six, round seven, 
when talking about Kenny Walker, where is his ADP? Probably in between this area. This is his ADP. To this area. So this is round seven. This is round eight. He's probably on average around seven and a half to eight and a half. So why am I taking him in round six? Because I feel like his reach territory where it doesn't really matter. The player I take here and the player I take here can be one. They could be the same player. And so for me, I'd rather take the risk of maybe missing on a guy here that I maybe can't still get here to secure the guy I think can win me a league later. But Walker in round six is the earliest. Walker round four, no, take a lap. Walker even round five right now at this juncture, especially with this news that should assist you into getting him later and later and later. You've just been Smitty disapproved. Don't reach for Kenny Walker any earlier than round five. Listen to what I'm saying. It will help save you. It'll help win a league. It'll help protect your value in investment and your return on investment, your ROI. Um, Tabern. What's up, Smitty? Uh, would you draft uh, Barkley or would you draft Camaro? Uh, didn't, didn't we just get that question? I swear we just had that question from somebody else. Barkley. Barkley by a mile. Uh, that's that's crazy if that was uh, a different... I think it was a different person asking the question. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Call into the show. The number is on screen, 602-635-3664, otherwise known as 602-NFL-DONG. Click uh, into the chat. Ask me a question in the chat as we wait for the phone lines, um, which I just opened right now. And let me get on over to the uh, YouTube uh, chat here on, on, uh, on the web and look at all these amazing... YouTube exclusive members. Fantasy Dog is a YouTube exclusive member with the green uh, bat. You got you got Terry Roberts, a YouTube exclusive member. Appreciate you, Terry. You are the man. We've got Macho Taco, who is a YouTube exclusive member. Ricky, Hoovy, Kenny P, Matt, the Bruce. Uh, 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 who else have we got in here that's from the YouTube exclusive members? Ron is a YouTube exclusive member, I believe. Um, yeah, I think he is. Avatars in here. Um, Fantasy Dog. Appreciate all of you guys dropping all this stuff all the time. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. We got Ron Navy dropping another. Today, Walker going in round eight and nine, which is phenomenal, which is phenomenal. And, and if you, again, guys, this is the other part that's frustrating. Is everything subject to the flow of your draft? So, in the case of Kenneth Walker in round six, do you take Kenny Walker in round six if he is on the pre-ranked list 15 players down? No, 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 no. Everything is subject. Now he moves to round seven. Do you take him in round seven if he's 15 players away on the pre-ranked list? No. Then you let him fall 
to round eight. Everything is subject to that pre-rank list and where the players are going. I can't stress that enough, and I'm glad you brought that up, Ron, because I want to make sure everybody understands what I'm saying. Everybody in the back understands what I'm saying. You don't grab a player any higher than you have to if the ADP rank is also predicting that he'll probably fall. Now, if if Kenneth Walker is, let's say, going... Um, let's say he's the... Uh, let's say he's the eighth player available overall on your pre-rank list, and you're sitting there in round seven at the top of round seven. Do you take Kenneth Walker at 7.1 if he's the eighth player ranked on the pre-rank list? You absolutely do. Use the pre-rank list to your advantage, and it will save you every single time. Am I green or blue? Says Blackbeard. Uh, post. Uh, you're blue, but you're also a mod, so you you have the blue color, but you also have the the orange headphone, the circular uh, image next to you indicates you are a YouTube exclusive member, but you are a mod as well, so your color is blue. Um, yeah, so dial into the show, guys. Let's Call take care of some show. of your, your questions. Storm, Stormcat, Smitty, you got to know your league. In a 96-team league, running backs were drafted early and hard, so by round four or five, uh, and you needed a running back. There was little other choice than to go Walker. Um, it, it depends, bro. It depends on the flow. It definitely depends on the flow. Honestly, in the Cooper Cup League, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I've just been, I pre-ranked early on and haven't checked it, bro. That's that league's for you guys. I'm gonna definitely try and compete. I ended up accidentally auto drafting uh, uh, off my pre-rank list um, two quarterbacks. So. We're going to try out the two-quarterback approach in the Cooper Cup League. But that's for you to win anyway. It's good that I'm not going to win the league because the whole thing is that helmet goes to first place. And I'm, I'm not going to get the helmet from, from Grant, but the helmet goes to first place. You have to get first place to get the, the, the helmet. And so that takes me off the board probably, unless my, my rotation of quarterbacks ends up being phenomenal. I've always wanted to test the two-elite quarterback approach to see if, let's say, you get... Uh, in the case of of, of uh, Burrow and, and Mahomes, who is who I accidentally auto drafted both, um, trying to to move the draft along, if Mahomes scores 400 points, let's say, and Burrow scores 400 points, if you optimal you in optimal fashion, if you start both of them, but just 17 weeks, but the right quarterback at the right time. Like in best ball, if you owned both of them, you would get 17 starts between the two of them. But can you get somehow 475 points by having both these guys? It'll be a fun approach to try. I'm glad I get to do it. It's actually going to be kind of fun, a fun little experiment to try out. Usually the experiments don't end well, but they're fun to do. They're fun to test out. So we'll go ahead. Maybe we'll vote each week which quarterback I'm starting and see if we can get an optimal amount of points, like 500 from two 400-point scores or whatever they score in that league. So it'll be kind of interesting to, and fun to find out. My team, Zach, even though it's screwing up on my auto picks, um, it's still a good team considering uh, uh, who, who I got. So I absolutely love them. Uh, Fantasy Dog says 400 is 80 too many for Mahomes. Um, I was doing it to, to show... Uh, ease of of use of numbers there fantasy dog but i appreciate your your correction of what you think he will score uh but appreciate you setting up the league it's crazy going through the draft it is we're doing another one guys we're doing another one it's called the no bench league 
And uh, we're going to be kicking that off August 1st. So if you want to get into that draft, definitely, you know, let me know. Drop a, a, a 9 $9.99 super or more people that do that get in the league. So Ron Navy, you need to DM me on Instagram or email me because you're definitely in definitely in dropping that $9.99 spot. Appreciate you. Um, nice way to fill the summer months. I appreciate the cup as well, says Kenny. Yeah, the cup league's fun. It's fun. It's, it's definitely... Uh, an old platform on on my fantasy league, but uh, it's the only way to do a ninety six team league. I love my team in the cup league. Uh, post your team, Terry, and I'll put it on screen here. Carlos, what's up, Smitty? Boxed out the entire league out of two of the best quarterbacks. Well, there's there's uh, there's eight copies of each, so I think we'll be okay. But uh, yeah, it is pretty funny when I when I heard I drafted two quarterbacks, um, I was absolutely. Uh, uh, well, I was like, damn, but it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun either way. It'll be fun either way. All right, call into the show. Let's go. You have DM me, Ron. Okay, I'll, I'll look for it, Ron. I'm sorry. New league, 96 team auction. It's not auction, Kenny. It'll be no bench. You'll basically draft. You'll basically draft a quarterback, uh, two running backs. Two wide receivers, a flex, and a tight end. No kicker, no D, no bench. Which means that you've got to, um, you've got to make hard decisions once you you decide. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit these uh, these spammers here. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think Terry already got it. Nice job, Terry. No bench at all. So if you end up uh, needing, like, let's say Gibby gets hurt and he's not gonna play for two or three weeks, you got to cut him. You got to cut him. You can't. You can't. You can't have Gibby riding the bench. Let's say JT gets hurt and is going to miss three games. You got to cut JT. You're going to cut JT, and he'll be available for somebody that wants to maybe. Thank you, Blackbeard. That maybe wants to pick him up, and and let's say they're off to a nice lead, and they can hold him for one game. You know, so it's it's the no bench league. It's going to be phenomenal. There's no waivers. Or, I mean, there's waivers. There's no, uh, you know. Uh, dial in to the show. Number is on screen. Appreciate everybody. How many teams are in the no bench league? It's probably going to be 96. If we fill it all up in time, it'll be 96 max. And it'll be eight copies of every player. If we end up scaling it down um, to, let's say we only do, uh, let's see, Eight times um, five. We could we could go forty. Like if we only fill it up to forty, depends how many we fill. We filled up the the cup league pretty quick, so it'll be 40, uh, 40 members. That would be five copies of every player in the player pool. So we'll, we'll scale down the number of copies in the player pool contingent upon the number of people to keep it feel like a twelve team league, to keep the look and feel like a twelve team league. Um. All right, drop drop your super chats, drop your questions, drop your your concerns, dial in, do whatever you got to do. Let's keep the content flowing. Maybe we go to Fantasy Football Court. Fantasy Football Court, the phone lines are a little dry today. Let's go to Fantasy Football Court. It's time for Fantasy Football Court. court, court. Drop your question in the court. chat right now. Keep it short and concise. Drop it now. Don't DM me your team, Terry. Drop it on screen. Let's drag it out for the world to see. 
Uh, Dallas Goddard or Dawson Knox says, Kenny, easy call for me. I like both of them. Both of them are going to have good years, but give me Dawson Knox all day. 10, 10 plus touchdown potential. Goddard's still got, you know, a good 7 to 8 touchdown potential too, though. I do like Goddard quite a bit. Um, but definitely, definitely feel uh, very, 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 very easy call for me. I love Dawson Knox. Camara or ETN for ETN and what picks? Um, I don't think you're going to get ETN straight up for Camara, bro. He's going to miss six games. And on top of that, he's going to be older. And, and I don't know if he's going. I think ETN's getting drafted higher. I don't think you can ask. I mean, sure, ask for a pick. Ask for any kind of first rounder at all. Try. Try, but give me ETN over Camara. In Dynasty. In Dynasty, especially redraft. In Dynasty, for sure. Redraft, you're taking a lap. Anybody asks me or ends up drafting this way, Camara over ETN, you're taking a big fat lap on this channel. Because there's no excuse for that. Um, AJ Brown or Higgins. Uh, AJ Brown for me. I understand why Higgins believers would want to go Higgins, but give me AJ Brown. Give me AJ Brown all day. Higgins, AJ Brown's borderline second, but probably a more comfortable third round pick. T. Higgins, in my opinion, is getting overdrafted in the third round. Better a fourth round pick. They're not extremely far apart, and I'm not going to. It's not a take-a-lap offense if you like Higgins, but for me, A.J. Brown, I know we're worried about his knees, but he's the number one wide receiver in a pretty good passing attack. Higgins is the number two wide receiver in a little bit better of a passing attack, sure, but I think the difference is is enough for me to say that they're around apart. They're around apart. I like Higgins, but stop drafting Higgins in round three. I promise you, you draft Higgins in round three, coming out of your draft, you're going to look at your team, and you're going to be looking at it like it's missing a second rounder. You're going to be like, I got a first rounder. I got two third rounders. I got a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. But I feel like I'm missing a second round pick. It's not the way to go. Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown. Probably Tyreek Hill by a little bit. But I I was tempted to push for A.J. Brown when we took Tyreek Hill. Because I do worry about him moving teams, learning a new playbook, getting hurt, having Tua as his quarterback. But I'd go Tyreek Hill by a little bit. Not opposed to A.J. Brown over him, though. You could talk me into that pretty quickly. Is there a prize for the No Bench League? I'm working on the prizes for that. Absolutely. You can bet your bottom dollar there'll be some some goodness. And and I'll give away, you know, lifetime membership to Sleeper U, things like that, you know, in a worst-case scenario. But we're probably going to get some good stuff. Uh, Devontae Smith or Renfro? Renfro's safer, but I'd probably go with the upside in Devontae myself. I kind of like Devontae Smith with Hurts, and I know that A.J. Brown's kind of a downer at first, but I think it makes Devontae Smith mature pretty quickly. And Renfro's probably the third option on his team, whereas Devontae Smith, I think, is probably the second or at least shares the second option on his team. So give give me Devontae Smith, but I I can understand why people still like Renfro, but with Adams there, with Waller healthy, Renfro's not going to become close to the same wide receiver he was last year. People have high expectations that I don't understand in regards to to Renfro. Uh, Gage or Claypool? Uh, give me give me a tie on this one. I think Claypool is going to surprise a lot of people, but they still feel very very close. I could. They were both going in about round nine ten, and that's about right. Even eight nine ten, they're both going around that territory, and I really like both of them. Give me a tie. Give me a mistrial on that one. McCaffrey or Henry? Uh, I hate this question because uh, Byron the Wizard 
because they're both so risky and they both have so much upside. You know, I, I suppose I lean McCaffrey, but it's because they both they both have horrible mileage that I think is going to break both of them. But I lean McCaffrey because I feel like Henry's offense and the way that they're going to lean upon him and the fact that, that he's got that foot injury that, yeah, he looks great running up the hill and all that, but once he starts cutting and getting hit by different players, people falling on his foot, um, the mileage adding up that he's had in a very short window that have been all carries, which is more damaging to the body. I know McCaffrey's going to have a tough time staying healthy, but he does get the volume that's a little bit more spread out between pass catching and running up the gut. So preference, but very close. Very, very close. Terry says, Taylor, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor, AJ Brown, Brees Hall, Mahomes, I like it, Mitchell, uh, St. Brown, Tony Pollard. Oh, Terry, that's a really good team. Terry, I like it a lot. Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Patrick Mahomes, Eli Mitchell, St. Brown, Amara St. Brown, uh, Tony Pollard. Get uh, You don't necessarily get it this next round. Get it when the ADP feels about right. But, you know, Ty Davis Price, Cuff to Mitchell. You're, you're sitting pretty, man. You're sitting pretty. And with eight copies of every player, you're not really... You're not really running the risk of like ruining something like that for somebody by saying, hey, make sure you cuff them because there's eight copies. It's like one person can't ruin the party, you know, and, and you're not going to overdraft Ty Davis price because he's guaranteed nothing. So it's like it's a good cuff that you can comfortably do. Do it at the right when, when he's within reach and striking distance. Don't don't take him too early, but don't take him when he's like the second ranked player left. Ozark or Breaking Bad. What kind of question is this? Ozark or Breaking Bad. Like, Ozark's good. Ozark's good. This is like taking... This is like asking me Pittman or Jamar Chase. Like, I like Pittman. Ozark was good. But Jamar Chase is Breaking Bad. Like, come on. Like, contempt. That's contempt right there. Uh, Diggs or Adams. Give me... Give me... Give me... Or Hill. Give me Diggs. Then give me Adams. Then give me Hill. In that order. I mean, it's arguable. But I just... I feel like... I feel like changing teams for Adams and Hill is going to be a little bit of a shakeup for them. And it just makes me lean digs. Breaking Bad, not close. Exactly. Stormcat says, I like Ozark better. Man, you're, uh, you, you're out of, this, out of your mind right now, bro. You can't. Come on. Breaking Bad, best show I've ever seen by a lot. I- exactly, Lucas. Uh, Stormcat, come on. Rewatch it. Maybe you missed the ending. Maybe you were, you were knitting... Or doing something that took your mind off it while you were trying to actively, passively listen and watch the show. I don't know if you you couldn't been sitting there, eyeballs on the TV. You like were you working on the motorcycle, like doing a knitting project? Like what were you doing while Breaking Bad was? There's no way you paid attention, sat there through Breaking Bad and liked it more than Ozark. Ozark was really good, though. Um, Spartacus, go watch that on. I don't know if it's still on. Uh, uh, Netflix, or if it's now on Amazon Prime only, or something like that. But go watch Spartacus. Uh, absolutely amazing, the new one, obviously. Go watch, uh, it's got three seasons or four, I forget, three. Spartacus was unreal. Go watch on HBO Succession. Go watch on H or on uh, on Netflix. Go watch Last Kingdom. Go watch on Peacock. I think it's on Peacock. I think it's on Peacock. Go watch... Um, Kingdom, which is an MMA fighting T 
TV show about a, a, a Frank Grillo is in it. He's a great actor. Um, that's awesome. So Kingdom and Last Kingdom. And there's a lot of shows there. I gave you a good list. Animal Kingdom. All the kingdoms are good. Animal Kingdom is coming back in, in next month, isn't it, Tony? The last season? I can't wait. Looks so good. Looks like the best season yet. And they're going to end it? I hate that. I hate that. Lamb or Debo? Give me Lamb, but I love both of them, and I can make a case for both, Ron. I heard Last Kingdom was great. You heard correct. Stormcat is phenomenal. I love it. Spartacus is on Netflix. Okay, I need to watch that while I work. I'm going to start watching Spartacus at night. I always need like a new thing that I that I actively, passively listen to while I'm working throughout the nights. And I need to roll through something new. I've been rolling through Sons of Anarchy again. I've seen it a hundred times. Sons of Anarchy is awesome. Uh, but I, I think I might start watching Spartacus while I work. Just have it playing here on the, on the side TV or TV up above. I usually throw this one on something while I'm working all night on content on the fantasy football show.com. So if you want some of those bold predictions and rankings and all the content that I produce, get on over to the fantasy football show.com walking dead started to fade a little bit. I need to catch up on it though. I need to finish it. Game of Thrones. I've seen game of Thrones like three times. I do love game of Thrones. Definitely top four, top three, maybe, but, but breaking bad is number. Actually, you know what? Breaking bad isn't number one. Sopranos is number one. Sopranos is number one. Breaking Bad is number two. Or they're tied. Or they're tied. And then you can talk about Game of Thrones. You could talk about... Honestly, you could throw 24 in there. Like, I really love 24. That was so such a fun show. Uh, but but you got to throw... You got to throw Game of Thrones in the top three or four. Um, I think Banshee was one of the best shows ever made that no one even knows about. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Banshee. It's unbelievable. It's about a guy that uh, it's not a it's not a comedy. It's just it's got funny like the like Sopranos and uh, and Breaking Bad has humor in it. Um, but it's uh, we got a YouTube exclusive member. Um, Ricky and Matt appreciate you guys. Uh, but Banshee is so good. It's it's like in my top maybe five or six overall shows ever. And it's about this guy, this con man, that sees a sheriff, like, die in a, in, a, in a gunfight, like, right outside of town when he's on his way in to introduce himself as the new sheriff. No one's met him. And so he just picks up his badge and gun and goes and becomes the sheriff. And they, everybody thinks he's a sheriff that just got shot outside of town. No one's met him yet. It's a small town. And he's just doing more con jobs and stuff as he's being the sheriff of the town. It's not a It's not a comedy. It's unbelievable. It's Breaking Bad meets Ozark. Banshee's Breaking Bad meets Ozark. It's the most phenomenal unknown show you'll ever come across. Banshee. I'll, I'll type it in here. It's I, I think it's spelled like that. So Banshee, go go watch Banshee. It's absolutely amazing. All right, guys. Yeah, Dexter was good. The new season was actually pretty good. They ended it pretty quick. That's it. That's all she wrote. We're going way over the hour show lately, and I, I don't mind it. Um, we could get back to an hour. It kind of depends on the content. depends on what we're doing. But appreciate every single one of you watching. Monday through Friday, we'll be back tomorrow. Today is Thursday, right? 
Today's Thursday. That means we'll be back tomorrow for the Monday through Friday show, 7 p.m. Eastern. Guys, get to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get your one-on-one text advice with me. I'm literally, I carry around two phones. Two phones all the time. One is the text line. One's my personal line. Miss Smitty's ordering milk for me. Go get milk. This one, um, you know, Blackbeard saying, Smitty, I need to make a trade right now. Do you think this is good? And I'm like, take a lap, Blackbeard. Uh, you know, it's like that. That's how, that's how it rolls. You can get that at thefantasyfootballshow.com. Link to the underdog fantasies below. Get in the best ball mania threes with me. If you make it through week 14 inside the group you draft with, you will face off with me and everybody else in here in weeks like 15, 16, 17. 10 million in prizes, 1 million to, or 2 million to first place, 1 million to second. I answer every comment in the chat. Get the YouTube exclusive membership, the blue join button. Later. See you tomorrow. Better Call Saul is being replaced by Better Call Smitty, says Ron. Appreciate you, Ron Navy. You're the man. I got to see Top Gun. I'm kind of waiting for Top Gun to come out on, uh, you know, on like uh, Apple, Apple, uh, whatever, iTunes. But it's hard not to go see it in theaters. Can't wait to see it. I've heard it's the best movie like ever. Subscribe if you're new. Smash the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Let's get this sucker to 96 likes because we, we still got 96 eyeballs in here. Appreciate everything all of you do. Promo code Smitty Underdog Fantasy. TheFantasyFootballShow.com is where all my written content is. My bold predictions. My one-on-one text line. Go get it. Leave your cup teams in the comments, says Kenny. Uh, Ron Navy wants to see Top Gun as well. Smitty missed my super chat. Oh, hold on, Rockout. Rockout says Yellowstone. Oh, God. Yellowstone's a great show. That's like, I don't know, it might be my top 10 right now, Rockout. Sometimes I throw a show in my top 10 and then I'm like, eh, like a year later, I'm like, it's not top 10. You like Peaky Blinders when that first came out, I'm like, this is top five. And then like, I started to like back off on that. I'm like, eh, it's good. Yellowstone feels like it could stay in my top 10 though. I love Yellowstone. Such a good show. Such a good Carlos says it's cheesy. I don't know. It doesn't seem that cheesy to me. It seems pretty hardcore, bro. Feels like a pretty good show, man. I mean, I guess they do do a lot of stuff that they get out of trouble. That no one would really ever get out of trouble if they did it in real life. But, um, I do, I do like, uh, I do like Yellowstone a lot. Thank you for the super chat, Rock Out. Later, Ricky. Appreciate every single one of you. Kenny says the league, or I don't know if you guys have watched my sitcom. It's on the main YouTube channel. It's called the Fantasy Intern, the Fantasy Football Intern. If you go to my main YouTube page and you scroll down just like halfway, you'll see episodes of my sitcom. It's The Office meets something that got canceled. You know, like that's the comparison I have. It's like The Office combined with a show that didn't make it and got canceled. That's what my The Fantasy Football Show Intern show and sitcom is like go watch it it's absolutely phenomenal 
in my opinion, but I'm biased. See you all tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. Deuces. Until next time, Bubba. Catch you later, Bubba. Deuce, bro.